0: Hey guys! Hey guys! <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> that. was so strong. Can do that, we that <laughs> <Yeah>. again? <laughs> hey hey guys. guys!
1: Thanks for pressing play. I'm Sab. I'm A. And today we're gonna talk about sweater weather. Okay, so I'm sure you guys remember late last year, early this year, when the weather was all cold and it was time to layer your clothes. You could wear your Long sleeved hoodies. You can wear your overpriced <laughs> supreme sweater. Everyone was that all you cuddle buddle. Alexa played the neighborhood. <laughs> Hipsters everywhere were are thriving. Yeah. It was all fun. Very nice weather, however. Some people may or
0: may not have realized that the good weather some of us were experiencing mm-hmm. actually meant tragedy for others who were suffering from floods because of the heaps of rain that was falling down at the time. And mm-hmm. so that's what we'd like to be talking about today. Yeah,
1: it's it's a bit of a serious topic, a bit more information-heavy to shed more light on the situation. Because our hearts truly go out to all the people that have been affected by this disaster in many states, and not just in Malaysia,
0: and we feel like the media coverage is not doing enough to really evoke a stronger public consciousness, mm-hmm. hence the title, Sweater Weather, because there's such a disconnect with some of us between what's going on in our lives and what's going on with others. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that we can't enjoy things like good weather when it comes, like by all means, we deserve to be happy, but let that not be at the expense of ignorance on some seriously serious issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like if, well, not, not a spoiler, but if you've watched the movie Parasite, you know, this is, it's, it's a cinematic parallel. To Art imitates life. <laughs> truly. Yeah. So like to the rain scene, no, no elaborations are going to be made in case you haven't watched it yet. But if you know, you know. So th- this is know, what's happening you know. here. Okay. So we're going to get into some of the stats. There have been quite a few states affected, especially on the East Coast, but states like Johor, Pahang, Pira, and Kelantan, Tranganus, Langor,
0: as well as Sabah. Yeah, so just a disclaimer, um, we're not saying that this podcast is not the final source of information about this issue. And we really encourage people to go out for themselves and study resources. Uh, We will be linking all the things we mentioned in our resource card, which we do post on our Instagram mm-hmm. at underscore our podcast, which you should give a follow if you haven't already, um, where you guys can explore the things that we said, but also, you know, really take it upon yourselves to verify everything that you hear.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, t- take it with a grain of salt. We are not scientists. we are just two normal girls. And we're not the journalists either. Yeah. Keep that in mind. So, A, what have you found out about the situation?
0: Alright, so I was looking into Kelantan, Turanganu, and Salangor. Mm-hmm. And so what I know is in Kelantan, about 4,800 people have had to evacuate. And this article was published in January. So this is the most recent information I could find. Mm-hmm. 4,800 people have had to evacuate their homes. Um, in a village, if I'm not mistaken, Pulau Teluk Runjuna, mm-hmm. 2,000 stranded travelers have gone four days without food because the currents are rushing so swiftly that they can't go out and get food. They're trapped. Oh my god. And they're not equipped to navigate the waters. So mm-hmm. yeah, people are just stranded in their homes. And that's 2,000 people. It's not like just a few people can't get food, which would be bad enough. But this is 2,000 people. Um. So what happened was Sungai Lantan had reached water levels of ten meters, which is as tall as two giraffes. Oh if my God! You can't visualize ten meters, and hence the flooding to nearby villages. Apparently, the numbers have decreased. So an article has reported there are only about one thousand victims still at the state's flood relief centers. But I I found that to be kind of a problem. Like only a thousand left. Like a thousand is still really bad. That's, yeah. I mean, good on. Really centers for providing for people and the numbers are decreasing, but like mm-hmm. only a thousand. Those are still like only? hundreds of families. That is a lot, yeah. And this is Kalantan's third wave, um, this year. Oh my god! I need to cut that out if I'm wrong, but yeah. Uh, and in Terengganu, it's not looking much better. On the seventh of January, it was reported that nine thousand three hundred and twenty-two people have had to evacuate. So if you've been to Good Vibes, and at Good Vibes Festival, about 20,000 people attend. So if you're trying to imagine how many people have had to evacuate their homes, about half of the people at that festival are currently away from their homes and have had to endure this tragedy, seen their homes destroyed. In Salonga, the numbers are a lot less, mm-hmm. about 185 people back in July. I couldn't find any recent
1: information on that. Okay, That's all from me. Very nice, not nice. I mean, like, very well done getting the information, <laughs> Thank you. but yeah, the, the, the th- things are not nice right now, but yeah, well done. Um, okay, so I looked into Johor, Pahang, and Pira. I chose Johor mostly specifically because my mom is from Johor and, um, like. A couple kampungs or villages nearby were affected. Thank God my grandma's house is fine. Um, and the neighboring areas were okay. But uh, a few villages over did get flooded. Um, well, okay, first off, Pahang got it the worst. Like, they were terribly affected by the flood. Um, I read in an article that, well, this is, On the 11th of January. Yeah, so this is when the article was published. But almost 24,000 people had to leave their houses and had to stay at relief centers. Like, 24,000. And this was on the 10th day of the flood. That's terrible. Yeah, so many families so many houses cars gone just like that um actually my cousin went to pahang to mm-hmm. visit her husband and she updated her instagram story yeah. pretty much you know there and then we we saw the water rise wow at an alarming rate so she was stranded there because the main road was flooded. That's so scary. Yeah, it was scary because she was kind of like at this... Um, she was on slightly higher ground. And she was, you know, taking pictures and filming and everything. And you could see the water slowly reaching where she was. Even hearing this makes me panic. I know, I'm I'm so sorry. I, I hope, you know, everyone else is doing okay listening to this. But um, it, it reached a point where it went up to her thighs as she was on higher ground oh my god yeah she said she couldn't sleep and like a lot of people are asking like how are you charging your phone like is everything okay it was yeah, insane like i i wasn't I, I guess i had that slight disconnect you know so i wasn't like actively checking her story I, I- I think a lot of us, yeah, just tend to disconnect. Yeah. But then as I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw her, you know, her little profile picture pop up at the top and I look at the story and it, the water would have risen like a couple feet, like a couple mm. hours. And I was like, oh my God, that was crazy. But um, she was, uh, yeah, really, like I, I salute her. She still had like a very bright outlook on the whole situation oh, and yeah, she made it safe. to everybody being yeah back to KL like okay, alhamdulillah good. um yeah there's actually so many more stories like because yeah I actually have one
0: yeah from Kelantan mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so I have a really sad story to share I think I might have read this uh, one yeah so in Kelantan there was a 20 year old who oh God, and this yeah. was published on January 6th Uh, he had drowned after helping flood victims in his village so what happened was he was uh, carrying people to and fro on a raft he was with some friends Mm -hmm. um, ferrying friends to a temporary evacuation center at night and what happened was he apparently collapsed from exhaustion Oh my God. and fell into the water and his friends only realized a bit after and then when they looked around they, they couldn't see him because it was at night you know like all the electricity must be cut off right because mm-hmm. of floods like there're no street lights so you're literally in the dark oh of God. night they couldn't find him all they could do was turn around like the water was way too fast way too mm-hmm. strong they couldn't see anything all they could do was report it back to the village and like they did deploy a search and rescue team to go mm-hmm. look for him but they couldn't until the next day because of the low visibility and the strong water. And yeah, it's one of probably God knows how many stories like
1: that. He was so young.
0: Yeah, 20 years old. That's about
1: our age. Yeah. I do have and like, like of one our really quick story from Johor actually. Um, yeah. There's this Guy, so his car was swept up in the flood current, right? Wow, yeah, yeah. But he managed to break the window and let his mm-hmm. wife out to safety. So, alhamdulillah. But the sad thing, oh my god, it really breaks my heart. The sad thing was that he wasn't as fortunate and he got swept away in his car, oh, no. and that was kind of the end of it. I don't think he survived. The poor wife, yeah, it's so yeah, sad. God dude. Knows.
0: That's so bad. Like, I feel
1: my heart breaking right now. Oh, my God.
0: <sighs> well, there we go. This is, like, as hard as it is to hear these stories. This is the reality that people are facing right now. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just a statistic to be published one day and forgotten about the other. Yeah. You know, it's affecting so many people and has been affecting people for decades. Mm-hmm. And we just don't want to be
1: among those who forget that there's a problem out there
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah j- just because the media doesn't cover it it doesn't mean the problem is gone like it's exactly. not that easy to erase this kind of natural disaster at this kind of scale
0: yeah it's not easy to move past it physically yeah. in terms of infrastructure in terms of health in mm-hmm. terms of mental health, so dealing with the tragedy, dealing with the trauma, the like, losses. So there, yeah. there are funds being pledged to these states, but, like, they seem to be immediate relief funds. I don't know if there are funds going into, like, rebuilding these villages, yeah. or, like, ensuring people get their jobs back, or have a sense of, like, have a source of income, mm-hmm. or if there's even, like, we know Malaysia's not big on mental health therapy, right? But, You know, are they providing mental health relief Mm -hmm. to these families? These things are gonna like one flood will affect a family for generations, yet we all act like it's gone the moment we stop hearing about
1: it. Yeah. And it shouldn't it's not gonna be fixed with just a band-aid. Like these things need to be seriously looked into deeply solved. Yeah, like stop it from affecting these families instead of helping them once they've been affected. So that brings us to the topic of climate
0: crises. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all know floods are a climate disaster. um, But what some people may not know is that with climate change becoming more of a problem every day, Mm -hmm. the more we're going to see disasters like this and the worse they're going to become. So it's not like like the floods are going to get any less in years to come. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're likely to become more and more serious. So heavier rains. Yeah.
1: It says that actually um, global floods and extreme rainfall events have been happening four times more than like 40 years ago and will continue to Okay, so they're already bad. This is already the increase. Yeah, and this is according to the European Academy's Science Advisory Council. So that's legit. That's bad. Yeah. Um okay, so A, would you like to enlighten us on why let's happen.
0: Right. So okay, I'm going to give a simple really simple analogy for mm-hmm. those who may not understand science so well. Mm-hmm. So okay, when you're boiling a pot of water and you put <clears throat> a lid on top of it, yeah. water rises to the top of that lid and drips back down. Yep. That's basically how rain works. When our climate gets warmer, mm-hmm. water evaporates, reaches the top of our atmosphere condenses into clouds and rains down. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about boiling a pot of water, <laughs> I mean the hotter things get, the faster yep. water rises and the more heavily rain falls. Mm-hmm. So with heavier rainfall, we're gonna have worser floods. Is worser a word? I might be
1: wrong. Anyway, the, the worser <laughs> floods will get. That's that's actually terrifying. Cause um I read something about how um it says there's more heat gathering in the biosphere, <laughs> and I was like, what's a biosphere? What is a biosphere? Okay, so basically a biosphere is where living things live, like the layer oh, between right. I guess the oh so bio, like yeah
0: biology and yeah okay and yeah yeah the that- shape
1: where they're contained. Oh yes, your mind very nice <laughs> thank you um
0: yeah a level biology does not let you down <laughs> okay right so that's where we are relevant to the overall climate crisis. Mm-hmm. that's becoming more and more of an issue every day and so the thing about climate crises the thing about climate problems is that they're social problems why mm-hmm. because we're socially affected by them and it's going to take social solutions to adapt to them and i think the natural question we have when it comes to climate disasters it's like what are we doing and what should we be doing Mm -hmm. and the thing in our research is that it's hard to find like one complete place that fully addresses climate change that Mm -hmm. links climate change to the floods that are happening it's like at most we're just dealing with um, search and rescue programs or like you know we're mm-hmm. donating money to food and shelters. But beyond that, I'm not so sure what we are doing, which is really worrying, especially knowing mm-hmm. that things are only gonna get worse from here and we really need to step up our game in dealing with the problem, or else more people are going to be affected. like as if hundreds of thousands of people weren't enough. Yeah, in the past. Oh
1: my god! Because um, actually, I read somewhere that in the Malaysian 2020 budget, we had allocated almost 600 million ringgit towards flood mitigation projects and the maintenance of existing flood retention ponds. But still, floods cause an average of 242 million ringgit a year in losses.
0: Wow! Right, and it's not like f- flood crises are totally like it's not like we can't deal with them. Oh yeah, because right? there are other not.
1: countries that deal mm-hmm. with floods really well. Yeah, um, I've read that Japan. I think they spent about yeah, so they spent about eight billion ringgit. Whoa. Um, I don't know over the span of how long, but towards flood mitigation, and they actually have reduced the number of homes affected by 90 percent oh my gosh that's so efficient yeah and in the netherlands they haven't had a flood related death in more than 60 years so you can't say that you know you can't stop floods from affecting people's yeah, homes
0: yeah no like okay maybe your first thought is to not want to bring that thought into this I was going to say like, well, different countries may have different geographical climates, but mm-hmm. clearly you can see some countries handling their natural disasters better than others. So it's yeah. really no excuse for us as a nation who have faced climate disasters for years. Mm-hmm. It's not like a new sur- Like, oh, surprise. Yeah. This is a new thing. It you happens gotta figure almost out. Like, every no, year. Yeah, so you know, what's the deal there? Mm -hmm. And I think that actually brings us to the problem of inequality. So when we're thinking of climate problems, we shouldn't just be thinking about climate problems in terms of the scientific cause. We should also be looking at the social cause. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest social causes of disaster is inequality. (laughs) Is something you may not, that's something you may or may not know. Uh, (laughs) You may have heard about it before you may have not so inequality is defined in sociology as the uneven and unfair distribution of opportunities and rewards Mm -hmm. that will increase power for some people but will create disadvantages for others which i think so even if you didn't know what inequality was by definition we see Mm -hmm. this in all kinds of societies some people have more than others And Mm -hmm. some people think that this is like a natural state of human life. And while it's true, it's a really really popular thing that happens everywhere, but it doesn't mean it's natural. In fact, systems are created to benefit those in power and to disadvantage those at the bottom. And the link with climate disasters is that... So the climate problem comes a lot from inequality. Mm -hmm. There are different types of inequality. Global inequality, class inequality... So that's about like wealth, like rich and poor, uh, gender inequality and race inequality. And what I'm going to address here is global and class inequality. So mm-hmm. global inequality works in such a way that a lot of developing countries have been the leaders in pollution and resource extraction
1: mm-hmm.
0: and burning of fossil fuels, which, has what, which is what has made the climate crisis worse. And the thing is, although they are some of the main people responsible for it because of their wealth, they're able to they're able to avoid and manage problems the way poorer countries are not mm-hmm. and you see this within countries themselves as well. so like rich people are more likely to be able to pay their way out of a the disaster. they're more likely to be able to afford better technology, they have access to greater solutions the way poor people don't. And so, inequality is extremely linked to climate change disaster. So it's, so it's something it people here. call it's what some people call a vicious cycle. So the vicious cycle of inequality is that climate change disasters are caused by inequality, and then they create unequal consequences between the rich and poor, and then it will create even more inequality because as the poor people are more affected by climate change disasters, they're less likely to have an advantage uh, in like getting their jobs back or Mm -hmm. getting their lives back together because their homes are taken away. The jobs have been taken away. So like every time you hear somebody say like, oh, well, poor people just should be smart enough to work their way out of their home, out of their class. Like, no, it's not true. You're you're given a shorthand from the start and you're given even less opportunities to get your way out (laughs) of Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so that's what we're dealing with here. And looking at climate disaster problems is a great way to understand
1: how that works Mm -hmm. or how it affects people. Very well explained. That sociology degree coming in (laughs) handy.
0: So we know somebody who's familiar with climate disaster and has worked a lot with companies and various Mm -hmm. NGOs when it comes to like climate disasters and what he was saying, part of the problem with flood relief is that, so in Malaysia, we have our local state governments and then we have the federal government, which Mm -hmm. governs the entirety of Malaysia. And what happens when um, trying to coordinate a response for certain states, things can get really confusing Mm -hmm. or like just a little complicated because you have federal versus state government. So that must greatly be slowing down the response and relief people are getting mm-hmm. in these tragedies.
1: So not fair. What?
0: Yep. Yeah, so when people go into these things trying to find out what's happening, it's very difficult because the order tends to be chaotic uh, due to the tension between local and federal governments. I see. Uh, well, that all being said, like we don't want to just be talking about the problem mm-hmm. without talking about. So what is? What are we as young people to do about certain things?
1: Yeah. How can um, we help?
0: Well, donating is always good. And mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about donating. Where to... Uh, like what's reliable
1: a charities that can assure yeah. you that the money you're giving is being handed to those who need it.
0: Yeah, like... As great as it is that some people are taking to Twitter and opening up bank mm-hmm. accounts, or some people are directly asking for donations, um, I know it, it's tricky because you don't always know if your money is going to the yeah. right place. Um, for example, Mercy Malaysia is one of the charities we found to be quite mm-hmm. transparent, and it's
1: technically the most prominent.
0: Yeah, I they're think. they're famous for being an organization mm-hmm. that helps out a lot of social problems around. And they do post pictures of their work on Twitter. So that is some form of accountability and transparency. So, if there's any charity we would recommend donating nice. to, it would be Mercy Malaysia.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we will try to look into other charities that are trustworthy enough. But um, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on our social media platforms. So, stay tuned. Keep your eyes open for that. But for now, we recommend Mercy Malaysia if you want to donate.
0: And we just wanted to conclude this with like, like how do we feel about climate disasters? You know, how do we feel when you're reading the news? I think a Mm -hmm. lot of us really detach from it because it can be so stressful, especially in this pandemic, especially when we're dealing with problems on our own of our own and like those are completely Mm -hmm. valid like we have to deal with what we have to deal with and just because we're not suffering the way others are doesn't mean that we're not suffering at all
1: yeah and like it doesn't make your problems less significant yeah like we we do by any means we
0: do poke a bit of fun at the whole sweater weather phenomenon and how there is like this really big disconnect between people but the thing about inequality is that we We've, it's a cliche, but we're a lot weaker divided. Mm-hmm. And instead, we should be finding solidarity with one another, like understanding that we may not be going through the same thing, but that doesn't mean we can't care about the situation and stay on top of the problem and always yeah. be active. Like as for mental health, like if you're anything like me and you read a lot of climate disaster stories and often get really stressed and mm-hmm. anxious about it, a good thing to remember is that the climate problem cannot be solved by any one person. And it shouldn't be. Yeah, it's, so it's really
1: not one person's job. Truly. And there's something
0: called the individualization of responsibility. And what that means is that one person feels like they have to do it all. Mm-hmm. And that's really popular and common when people talk about climate change. It's like, oh, you have to reduce doing this or you have to reduce doing that. And of course, there's a lot we can do as individuals, but the entire problem is not going to be solved by just one person.
1: No. And that creates
0: a lot of unfair pressure Mm -hmm. on ourselves. Because technically, corporations
1: thrive off of the fact that they kind of shift the blame towards consumers as if they aren't the ones... And so do leaders.
0: Yeah. So, you know, all this in mind, stay aware, but stay calm as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the reasons why we launched this podcast is so that we could have a community of people who care together at the same time so we don't feel so alone when we worry about these problems so yeah. that, you know, we can talk about it mm-hmm. and make the problem a little less scary in our heads because we know that there are other people out there who want to help.
1: Yeah. It's a safe space here. So, we hope you guys feel the same way. Good one. Though, so as always, uh, be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Take care of your mental health. Don't stress yourself out over these problems. Like, of, of course, you know, please uh, keep these things in mind, but don't let it consume you. Don't feel so yeah, like guilty. You're not a bad
0: person. You're not a bad person for needing to forget about bad things now and then. Mm-hmm.
1: But there's a difference between, you know, taking a break for your mental health versus just being completely ignorant just not caring Caring to be ignorant yeah about the situation at hand
0: yeah and especially as young people remember that we're inheriting a lot of problems from generations before that we had nothing to do with and (laughs) yeah you know the generations before us had every opportunity to prepare us to inform us to Mm -hmm. do something about it but they didn't
1: yeah so remember that yeah so i guess that kind of concludes today's (laughs) pod so, um, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a real heavy one. She got real heavy real quick. Um, but yeah, we thought it, was, it would be really useful and important for us to share this with you guys. And we hope you got something out of this.
0: Like, we hope you guys learned something from this. Mm-hmm. And we hope you guys, as always, are taking care, staying safe at home. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye! you. <sharp inhale>